Hi, uh, good morning, Nairn in Scotland. Good afternoon in Austin. Good, well, it's good evening in Nairn, Scotland. Good morning, California, San Diego. Good afternoon in Texas and Austin. How's it going, Garrett? Good. How are you doing, Alistair? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. So we're back here with Boom It's on the Blockchain, and we have another special guest today. So I'm going to bring him in right now. His name's uh, Daniel Addison. Daniel, we'll move you welcome. Down. How's it going? Good. How are you, Alistair and Garrett? Good yeah, good. Thank you. Good, thank you. So yes. perfect. So great. So just introduce yourself, Daniel, so everyone can know a bit more about your background. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, so my name is Daniel Addison. I am the uh, CEO of Health Blockchain Security Services, uh, HCISS is the acronym. Um, my background, I've been in the industry for about over about 20 years or more. Uh, background encompasses finance, uh, healthcare, uh, uh, technology, energy, cybersecurity, uh, all the above. Uh, I am a data scientist by profession. I am also a cybersecurity professional. And uh, I also teach, actually, cybersecurity. Uh, and so, yeah, that's a little bit of background of myself. Thank you, Alistair and Garrett, for inviting me. So, so yeah, so well, let's just uh, dive straight in and talk yeah. a little bit more about your project itself and what you're doing on the blockchain. Absolutely. And just for people to a little bit understand is, you know, the name of the project sounds like it's healthcare, but it's just more cybersecurity, Daniel. So just yeah. to clarify for people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I clarify that. So basically, we're just, you know, your typical SaaS company, particularly a security as a service company. Uh, and so we specialize in the, the uh, blockchain space, specifically smart contract. We call it smart contract security as a service. Uh, when we say health, we basically just mean cyber hygiene. Um, not specifically that we are a a, a, a healthcare company, although we can service healthcare industries that are interested in, in adoption of, of, of the blockchain technology. But um, when we say health, we're specifically in cybersecurity, cyber hygiene, because that's our, our specialty. So a little bit more, you know, you've, you've been involved in being a program before, you know, for people out there, got it. Give a little bit of your insight to cybersecurity before we go into uh, Daniel's project. Yeah, so um, you know, I guess on the cybersecurity front, that's a pretty broad, um, you know, spectrum of uh, different things that that encompasses. But you know, when it comes to, I guess, uh, if you whittle it down to blockchain, you know, just uh, you know, the the security of data in these applications, you know, the security yeah. of um, you know various, you know, like the login methods, the um, you know things you're trying to share and it i know in the energy sector that was something that was um it's a concern with you know public permissionless blockchains is the security of the data but a lot of people yeah. don't understand you know it doesn't mean that the data is public and you know you can always encrypt the data there's solutions like ipfs to you know utilize um, for that and also um kind of what daniel's working on here with these uh chain link oracles um you know which is something that he mentioned a couple weeks ago that i thought was really cool it, it definitely caught both of our eyes 
Um, you know, that's really important too, because it provides accurate, secure data, um, to a blockchain application. So, exactly. yeah. yeah. So, so, okay. It's speaking to yourself and Daniel, like chain link oracles for the viewers out there, explain mm -hmm. a little bit more about that and what your uh, service provides. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Chain link oracles is ba are basically just a, a, a cross bridge network, right. To, to, you know, grab, you know, off-chain data to to the on-chain data, you know, known as smart contracts. And so that piece, as, as Gary just eloquently mentioned, um, specifically our areas in, you know, ensuring the integrity, the accuracy of that data as an Oracle uh, on, on the uh, part Oracle node as part of the chain link uh, network. And so that's what we specialize in, um, and not to go too deep in detail in IP, but basically just like auditing risk, risk management of, of those uh, smart contracts, right, uh, on, on the uh, Chainlink network. Yeah, do you wow. want to add to that a little bit more as well, Garrett? Yeah, it's um, definitely, you know, the, the services that, you know, Daniel kind of bringing here, are, they're super important. I mean, they're... Yep. There are companies, probably people out there, you know, hearing this right now and they don't maybe understand it fully. But, you know, in the next five years, you know, um, this, you know, kind of is the next wave of, um, you know, cybersecurity consultancy. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people, people like Daniel will be, you know, the next, um, you know, that's really the next era of, you know, things like a red team or, you know, cybersecurity. Exactly pen testing type yeah. of uh, team, you mm -hmm. know, because dealing with, uh, you know, the data, the, the security of the data in transit, and then how it ends up reaching your application um, at the end of the day, you know, with, with a Web3 blockchain application. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's really important. And, you know, it, we're still kind of in this um, time where th things are really new. You know, there's a lot of uh, software out there you know, already for blockchain and, you know, these Web3 applications, but it hasn't become robust enterprise software yet. And, exactly. you know, to reach that summit, you know, we do need, you know, professionals that are interested in, you know, implementing this at large in the industries, you know, and that's energy, it could be um, healthcare, it could be anything, it could be really anything but just having the uh, data assurance. That's what I hear a lot from companies that come to me and they say, oh, well, we're thinking about it for data assurance, but, you know, they, they need somebody to, you know, give them the kind of uh, validation that this is exactly. the path forward. Yeah, so to talk a little bit more about your blockchain then and how the whole thing actually operates then, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, with with the the the, the blockchain itself, uh, particularly our node operator, and just give you an example or use case that we are looking or interested in in the energy side, like carbon credits, right? Uh, how that works, for example, you know, NFT tokens or offset, right? Tokens, um, particularly how that works is you would communicate or the data feed. The nodes data feed which is that smart contract like a template communicating your request depending on the type of business that it is right in this case we're talking about carbon credits or nft tokens and you know that would transact across 
that our our uh, that chain link network, and and uh, and again, that's where we would ensure that integrity. Um, so that's sort of like how that process would work. Um, there's various sides to it because, like we said, we can get you know you it has to be like going this carbon credit system. Right. Uh, that way yeah. it can be decentralized where this and you could take this globally. Right. Where it's the actual network global, this global ledger, as as Garrett said, this public ledger, uh, ensuring um, that system and communicating back and forth as it relates to, you know, tokenizations or even cryptocurrency side of it, too, as well. You know. So. How you know you're talking about your project you've been working on in terms of tracking CO2 emissions, Garrett? How would something like this interact with that for people to understand? Yeah, so I mean, if we're giving you know kind of a thought experiment here, you know, one of the areas where I, you know, a, a company like mine, you know, we have an application built, right? Mm -hmm. What we're looking for is you know, one of the companies that we service is we're looking for data assurance. And, you know, we don't want people just putting a lower number for their carbon emissions and saying like, oh, yeah, we did something. Um, that's not what we want. You know, it's not what anybody wants. We want honest data that is real. It's auditable. You know, so if you were to send somebody back down the chain, well, you can look and you can see they did. They didn't um, change things. You know, they didn't change things or they did. You know, they drastically yeah. changed the operation. And, you know, that's uh, where something like these oracles is really important. And even for something as simple as bringing in a live feed of, you know, like WTI oil prices, you know, spot price for a barrel of oil or um, the kilowatt hour of, you know, energy in different areas of the world or the United States. Having something like these oracles that Daniel's working on is really important, you know, and it's a very... Um, you know, it's a big, big thing that, uh, you know, Chainlink did did solve. I mean, it was one of the first uh, software platforms to address the Oracle problem in, in blockchain, you know, and, you know, growing outward, they have, um, you know, node providers. And I think that is uh, basically where Daniel sits is, you know, he's one of those node providers, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. you know, yep. Yep. So that is, um, you know, it, it relies on these decentralized data feeds. And um, that's an extremely, extremely valuable piece of the puzzle for these companies looking to solve real world problems with blockchain technology. Right. So, you know, as I yeah, just if I can add, you, you basically just ensuring that, you know, what the blockchain is for tracking and tracing. Right. So you basically just ensuring that integrity, that accuracy, and that's what Chainlink, that's what I don't know, being part of the Chainlink market offers is just ensuring that that accuracy and that integrity of the tracking and tracing, whether it be, you know, kilowatt hours wrapped up in in in, in the smart contract or end or other uh, carbon um, credits um, being hosted on, on, on chain. So, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think like, you know, let, let's talk. Well, first of all, I want to give a big shout out to Galani, our, our first listener from Algeria. I'm absolutely delighted. I'm keeping you up there for at least yeah, another 10 minutes, awesome. Galani. Yeah, awesome. you know, brilliant. Yeah. So that's perfect. 
Yeah. But um, yeah, let, let's start talking about carbon credits then, guys. You know, so yeah. you know, everyone talks about carbon credits. You know, we we just saw yesterday that uh, there's been an announcement that you know our f- price of our flights are about to go up because of the additional carbon that's created. Yeah. Unless you're flying a private jet, apparently, if you've got your own private jet, somehow that doesn't apply to you, you know? Yeah. That old, yeah. the rich get richer, the poor yeah. get poorer. So somehow mm-hmm. the richest people in society who own private jets, they don't have, they won't have increased carbon credits, but the rest of us getting on an airline will. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everyone's talking about this net zero, save the environment. But, you know, let's just start. What's your uh, thought process on the carbon credit model first, Garrett? And then we'll bring in Daniel to see how his uh, application can help this. Yeah, I think this is a really good question. Um, You know, so one of the things that I've seen from kind of dealing with carbon credits and, you know, a couple different providers is it ends up being, um, you know, you, you have to have people that are producing these credits and have them in multiple registries, you know, and you're dealing with, you know, what feels like sometimes it feels like, you know, they're coming in and they're trying to like uh, sell you something that maybe, you know, you're the blinders up and you can't see everything about the product. And there's usually not a lot of ways to trace it back. Um, Exactly. You know, we want to go for, you know, good credits, you know, we want the highest quality credits, but, um, you know, some of these, you know, if they don't have them in a registry, even if they have government approval behind them, you know, of a small government, you know, typically Latin America is big in Latin America, they still need the registry piece. And, um, you know, my vision is, is to have a registry that a self-serve registry that would use blockchain and this Oracle technology to allow, you know, validation of these credits, you know, multiple providers could validate that, Hey, this action happened, you know, in this, in this country. And, you know, um, maybe node operators like Daniel could be checking off on the validity of a credit and you know it could be something like six confirmations needed you know yeah. and then it's a good credit you know you can sell it um you know to an airline or you know the airline will agree to buy it so that's um you know it, it's very experimental but um the carbon credit market's projected i mean mckinsey is saying it's a 700 million dollar market today that's pretty small and they're saying it's going to be a 50 billion dollar mm-hmm. market by 2030, which is huge. So, um, you know, but that's all contingent on having good data and having, you know, the credits be valid and people um, getting a good product that actually is impacting the environment for the better. Yeah, and then, you know, we we just saw the Queen's Jubilee this uh, last week there as well. So Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, Prince, well, she used to be Duchess of Sussex, I think her name is now or used to be your title, they flew private jet from um, LA to London and back again. But luckily for us, they acquired the carbon credits or their uncle Elton John, who quite often stumps up a little bit of cash if they're short, uh, covers the bill, you know. So, but then we're all sitting at home thinking, well, wait a minute, you know, uh, Bitcoin's getting absolutely trashed for creating all the CO2 emissions, you know. Uh, your dryer in your garage, by the way, people, creates more CO2 emissions than Bitcoin. 
It's not, but we don't hate our, see, the problem is we don't hate our dryer. You know, I live in California. The only person who hangs out washing me is me and some other Scottish guys. Everyone else puts their washing in the dryer. You know, that's the sort yeah. of process of what's happening. And that dryer creates more CO2 emissions than Bitcoin. But we don't hate the dryer, but we hate Bitcoin because of what it's going to represent. Or the government's trying to convince us with the media to hate Bitcoin. You know, yeah. so it's, you know, that's the sort of thing that's sort of happening out there. So, so if you're thinking like, so how's your model going to get people to buy into this carbon credit and trust it more than Daniel? Was that for me? Yeah. So let me say this. So it's trust. Yeah. So we want, we can't trust the system. I've just made a couple of points yeah. there why we can't trust it. Yeah, you know, so absolutely. You can do to, to help. So let me, let me put something into perspective. Uh, Consumption of energy, as you mentioned, the, the trashing of Bitcoin, of energy usage, et cetera, in comparison to all other industries with their carbon emission. You'll be shocked. It's, it's so small in percentage, very small globally as it relates to resource carbon emissions, energy. It's it's almost, I want to say I, when I, it's, and I have a resource check, it's like less than 2%. I thought it was less than one percent. Like one percent, actually. I think yeah, it's like zero point five percent, and that's that's yeah. that's and and we're talking carbon globally, so it's very very small. So you are absolutely correct. Um, it's just a lot of miss, you know, no more out here. Oh well, you know, it's it's using too much energy, it's consuming, but it's actually not true. Um, and when you, when you look at it totality from a global perspective, right? Uh, so yeah. So, so, so your project then, and so, so we're, so the, everything's about trust, you know, mm -hmm. so this new technology is coming in, the adoption is going to come from trust from the general public to start using it more, you know, so we mm -hmm. can start to point things out, but you know, you've got this new, like, you know, what, how, how does your company provide trust for people out there? Yeah, absolutely. So with, with the trust and being with utilizing the Oracle, the Oracle knows, right? As I as I mentioned, this trust when you're establishing, you know, it's it's on a public ledger. So that trust is 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 uh you know it's you know it's a zero trust type uh mechanism where it's it's transparent. So it's it's not like it's it's closed off and where um in as in centralization, right? Uh, uh, being that it's decentralized, it's 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 open, it's transparent, and so as a business and communicating with our node um, development as uh, this breach protection dashboard, and where you know that business can can see activity of of, of uh, their 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 uh, smart contracts right uh, across that chain link node. Yeah. So, so just to give a bit of insight, uh, Gannett, for people like, what's the difference between a public uh, ledger and a private ledger or a public blockchain, private blockchain? Yeah, so a, a private blockchain is going to be something where the nodes are um, run within the organization, you know, that deploys it. A lot of um, companies are more interested in this, you know, in the same way that in the early 90s, companies were more in interested in having an intranet than an internet. Yep. Um, and you know, the, the market, I think kind of always becomes the, uh, 
the judge of success, you know, a lot of companies don't use an intranet anymore. Um, they opted for, you know, the internet. And, you know, I think the same is going to be true with, uh, you know, a public permissionless blockchain, you know, there's stuff that needs to be solved, you know, there's, um, you know, evidently some issues with, you know, the public permission, permissionless chains, but it still provides the opportunity, I believe, you know, for the company can still run nodes that are um, part of that network. The data, just because the word public is in it does not mean the data is public. You know, you exactly. can still encrypt the data in transit. So. Yeah, it, as well. Yeah, it's a, yeah, absolutely. To add to that, because you know, with a private, you still have to authorize. Uh, so it still has with a private blockchain, you still have to authorize someone in on that network, right? And within once that person or that entity is authorized, then it's decentralized from that perspective. That's an example I use when when you're talking about private private blockchains. It's it's you you authorize in, but you you are able to it's decentralized because you are able to still you know communicate with 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 each other or share data and resources, but it's, it's decentralized in that matter. And whereas the public ledger, although as Gary said, the, it's the, the data, it's 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 secure. The way the blockchain is constructed, it's immutable, right? It's tamper proof, it's yep. encryption. So that piece, yes, absolutely. Uh, secure from that perspective, but is you can't modify or change anything. But it's just public. You can just, you know, is that's basically what we're saying. Public, right? Uh, it's just yeah. decentralized in nature. And what we're saying with that, in addition to that, we as a business as well, it's just ensuring that with the no oracles and the validators, it's ensuring that integrity, ensuring the security of the, for making sense, right? Ensuring that that it's it's secure on the public ledger through um, um, accuracy and, and, and validation as, as what a no oracle yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and coming back to like the carbon credit model. So let's talk about like what we're trying to do with carbon credits and where the future is with, you know, because there's more and more talk about carbon credits, carbon credit cryptocurrencies, carbon credit, you know, everything's trying to aim to net zero. So how, by applying this technology, is it going to make it sort of more refutable? You know, at what point are people going to be able to trust? Why should they trust it on a blockchain rather than the trust that the system they're currently doing right now? Put it that way. Got it. Well, yeah, I think uh, the, the reason that you would want to, you know, trust a blockchain is because, you know, you do have that immutable aspect. You know, you're able to you know keep, keep data regardless of circumstance and it's it's insured it's assured to be you know it's valid good data that's saying something meaningful about a circumstance and that's what we need more than anything with carbon is because a lot of you know big companies they just want to lie about it you know they want to kick the can down the road buy themselves more time um and it's uh it's interesting you know the um the companies that I think are a little bit more motivated to lie are the ones that are slapped with all these regulations and stuff. Yeah. And that, you know, you look at the case of Shell, and it really speaks numbers to um, you know how much t 
time and effort and money they put into covering things up and just sweeping things under the rug as opposed to just solving the problem. Um, and, you know, these governments, if they really want to, you know, if they really want to, I guess, impose regulations and stuff, there's no more efficient way to do it than to require some sort of blockchain system for carbon reporting. Um, and I think the um, same goes to be true for the companies if they want to make themselves more valuable in the eyes of green investors, impact investors, you know, they should, um, you know, and they, they want to avoid government regulation. Well, I think it would be smart ahead of time to maybe make a system amongst them to begin the, uh, the uh, carbon reporting you know, to begin the carbon reporting and have that be a, um, a system that's utilized to show investors that they're committed to change. Yeah. So, so it's, um, so is everyone running their own carbon credit system or is there something that countries and companies are doing collectively? Well, the, the way it works now is there's these registries like gold standard and Vera and the if a carbon credit's produced you know and they make it onto both of those registries hey it's probably a good credit you know it's probably a legitimate credit and um that's that's the way it works but i think you know there there might be an even better way to begin you know tracking the emissions and then you know the, the offsets is a whole different animal but Tracking the emissions is the, the most important thing. And if uh, potentially there was some sort of uh, decentralized system that all these companies felt comfortable using, uh, we might be able to get somewhere. You know, we yeah. might be able to get somewhere where, um, you know, carbon reporting, reporting downward and having it be legitimate is a, um, you know, it positively impacts things like stock price or um, valuation of the company. And that's, that's going to be big for these oil companies. And that was um, something that I set out to solve. Yeah. Look, there's a question in from Washington here said, I also believe that blockchain will ensure traceability of greenhouse gas emissions and provide accountability due to the immunity aspect of this so do you want to add a little bit on that daniel because yeah 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 that's a good point uh washington made you know it's that's what i was thinking accountability is basically is what garrett is saying um that's the that's what build that trust on, on the blockchain right is because the way it's this trace you know traceability nature right uh of the lit and ensures accountability so um as Gary said, you know, ones who have been been slapped with penalties, um, they can't get away with it, right? Because you know, it's just this accountability is there. You get, and you can go into that ledger and and, and check it and, and and validate it and and verify it, right? So, yeah, good point, Washington. Good point. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. it. And then we've got um, Mila is coming in as well. 
Just explain who Mila is, by the way. I feel she's your biggest supporter here, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. so actually Mila uh, and, and Washington, actually they're my managing partners uh, to uh, help blockchain security services. And so, okay, perfect. Uh, so they yeah, got good questions. Absolutely. I was wondering why they were yeah. so good, you know? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. yeah. Thank you so, both. Yeah, yeah. So let's look what Mila's saying right now as well. Since carbon credit is issued by the government, currently only yeah. California is the fourth globally. Yeah. So just explain a little bit more about that then, Daniel. Yeah. um, So, yeah, uh, California uh, actually is kind of and it's probably the the compliance side of it, uh, not so much as the carbon credits offset sides or the voluntary uh, voluntarily side of it and where they uh, are doing something uh, tremendously, but it's it's not yet on the blockchain yet itself. It's just a traditional uh, way of carbon credit system is what California is doing um, and then trying to you know, be in compliance with reducing the carbon emissions, but not yet on the blockchain, but they're, they're the only state I would say here in the US is really is pushing that initiative, right? Uh, you know, renewable energies and, and et cetera, and, and looking into the adoption of blockchain technology for that. Yeah. And then back to your project as well, uh, Gannett, I think it's uh, interesting that, you know, what are you doing in terms of tracking on a granular level with projects, mm-hmm. but how can we apply this from the data in terms of your project, Gannett? Well, it's, um, you know, it's really important you know, when we look at the, the data piece. I mean, I know California has a very aggressive approach to, you know, renewable energy transition. And um, it's, uh, it, it's led to some growing pains. I mean, there's issues with that, obviously. But uh, I think the most important thing is, is ensuring that, you know, where you take away a carbon producing fossil fuel there is actually a renewable energy source to meet that need in the place of it so you don't have something like a rolling blackout um but it's uh it's important to track the transition you know and use data as the you know conduit to to do that to really track that transition and see hey where every place we take away fossil fuels or we take away natural gas is there actually um, a solar panel or a windmill or uh, a hydroelectric dam to solve, you know, that need, you know, and uh, economically kind of uh, meet, you know, meet the need, but at a good price too. Um, and with credits, um, you know, I, th- I think this is a big thing with, you know, California because they have like those $20 carbon credits. It's mm-hmm. I, I just don't know what kind of programs these come from, because I, I know that um, somebody told me that basically if you were to go to California, I think just start like a Christmas tree farm or something like that, you were to grow Christmas trees, they would. I think they issue you credits on top of that. You know, they, you, you do get carbon credits for something like that. Um, you know, it, it could be growing anything, you know, it could even be some kind of crop. It's very unregulated, you know? So, 
Um, it'd be just nice if there was a little bit more traceability, like knowing that, okay, there's uh, somebody doing direct carbon capture over here. And, you know, maybe those are more valuable credits because you can tell how much carbon's coming out of the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And then there's somebody else running a small Christmas tree farm, you know, and then claiming, oh yeah, it's uh, taking 10 times more carbon out than it really is, you know? So, and you know, not to say, I actually do believe that growing trees is probably the biggest, uh, that's going to be the big part of the solution here. But, um, you know, being able to know, like, hey, how many trees are they growing? You know, how many are they cutting down every year? To, well, cutting them down know. pretty fast. Yeah. So it's, especially in the Amazon rainforest. But yeah. it's, um, so it's how quickly you can plant this. But the thing is, it's like a moving target the whole time, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what the blockchain can help exactly. people understand is you can start bringing specifics to this moving target for people. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking about Shell having to reduce their, is it reduce their CO2 emissions by 45%? Yeah. Or what's yeah. the, the specific thing? Or reduce emissions by 45% by 2030? Yep. And On their 2019 levels, they got to be reduced like 45% by 2030. Yep. So, so right, they're obviously not going to do it right now when it's over one hundred and twenty dollars a barrel. If, if there's, <laughs> yeah, that's with enough. Yeah. When it goes down to four, whatever. Maybe how they're, they're going to solve it is they're going to have to cut profits by forty-five percent. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah, we did it. Involved in more renewable energy, etc. So it's, uh, but you know, you, you can see what's happening out there. It's just a case of, you know, I think for people to for the transition in energy to happen, the blockchain is going to be key. Because, you know, what we've talked about today is this ability to actually, you know, track everything for people to log in, to see this information. You know, I think what they understand from Daniel's company is, you know, it's still hackable. It's, it's, you know, that's the thing. So cybersecurity, and if, if you're sitting there and you're 15, 16 years old and you're thinking, what kind of job am I going to get? Well, Uber's probably not going to be a good one because they're going to be self-driving cars in five years from now. Yeah. And we'll all be in the Johnny cabs. Uh, remember they had that in the old um, Total Recall <laughs> with yeah. uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You probably yeah. don't remember that guy. The Daniel will. But it just like, so that was yep. the first sort of self-driving. Yeah. That was in Mars. <laughs> yeah. It's about self-driving yeah. cars. And that's what yeah. we're getting into, you know, yeah. right now with Tesla's a self-driving car. You know, it's, it's so five years from now, but where's all these other jobs going to come from? And the cybersecurity is one of the fastest growing industries in the world, you know. So it's uh, and then going forward, we're just going to need more and more investment into cybersecurity. And we're going to use cybersecurity more because suddenly we're putting data and information out there. Yeah. And this data and information, we don't want to be hacked or changed, you know. Exactly. I mean, because the threats you know, you got to understand, you know, the, the hackers and attacker, ha- uh, attackers are using the advances of the technology. And so they understand and they know the businesses are not there yet, right? But using these, these advances, what we, you know, analytics, um, you know, what we say advanced persistent threats. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, you know, we, we have, we say it's immutable encryption those terms, you know, people get lulled in to say, okay, it's encrypted, I'm fine, I'm good, you know, we're using encryption, but, you know, 
SHA-256 is an encryption and that's that's the blockchain itself. But when we're saying, okay, that's secure for me, I don't I don't I don't need to do any more, but you, you still have to to you know these threats are, are, are advanced. And so you need the the advance of use utilize the advances of the technology in businesses like HCISS is 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 doing that, using the advances analytics. Um, and being as transparent with that as well, right? Using graph technology, the analytics to for a particular client to to understand and see these security metrics and be able to make an effective decision relating to their data, right? That's that's on this ledger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting stuff, guys. You know, so just before we're going to nip into our sort of chewing the cud last section that we talk about general topics. What else do you want people to know about your company then, Daniel? Yeah, that's just it. You know, we deployed our Chainlink Oracle. We are looking for, you know, businesses who are looking to consider, you know, you know, we're beta testers to, to, you know, to test our node, you know, talk with our data feed, whatever, you know, particularly in the, you know, use cases. We just talked about carbon, you know, uh, the carbon uh, credit uh, system and uh, it's in other, you know, offsets, you know, uh, carbon offsets, uh, renewable energy, et cetera. Uh, and so in other, you know, businesses looking to utilize a chain link in Oracle or no to, to validate their data across the network. So, yeah. And then Mila just put in a final point as well about the HCISS will run on a platform of e-governance yeah. you know, governance and compliance. So just go over that a little bit as well, Daniel. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's all uh, it's sort of the same. We're, when we're saying e-governance and compliance, it's just basically we're ensuring that through the development of the security metrics, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when we're saying e-governments, you know, it's the same thing in the in the physical sense um, with these contracts on, on the chain link. It's just ensuring that that e-governance and that compliance, risk management, auditing, etc., mm-hmm. integrity, right? Accountability, right, and, and ensuring the availability uh, as as well. So we, you know, and sort of the still confidentiality of, of that particular client. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so that's good. And then Mila's also shared a number of links. If we put it on yeah. here, that we'll be able to pick it up. But we'll put it in the show notes as well for people to grab from there. Yeah. So normally at the end of the show, we'll let you stay on for this part as well, Daniel. It's more sure. of topics of the Thank day. You. Is Right now, if you're a golfer like me and chewing the cud, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about the, the Saudi Golf League, you know. So for people yeah. out there, if they don't follow golf, they've probably never seen golf before or played golf. If you go into Fox News today, it's the top story is what's happening with the Saudi Golf League. So just to give a bit of background for everyone to understand is that there's two tours. There's the sort of European World Tour, which is sort of, you know, coming from Scotland, it was a good tour growing up, but it was always seen as a secondary tour to the PGA, which was the number one tour. So, you know, guys like Rory McIlroy, Nick Faldo, all that came out. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. into this. Uh, so... Invested some money into this, and they've now got their own golf league with some new rules. Let me bring up some of the... Oh, that's the... Let's see if I can bring in the right thing in terms of oh, second screen sorry so what we'll do and this is quite a good view actually so it's uh let's see uh, we'll bring this in there we go 
So, yeah, so so this is in top story today in the New York Post. Appreciate the New York Post isn't, you know, I wouldn't say that's refutable information, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you read yeah. anything to, to mm-hmm. do with the uh, New York Post, the Sun, you know, Fox News, you know, I would double check your sources. But doesn't matter anyway. It's Phil Mickelson. He's got the big uh, LIV golf at the back for people to see that as well. So So what's happened is... They've, they are now putting in billions of dollars to get the best golfers in the world to join their Saudi golf league. They call it sports washing, whereby, you know, Saudi Arabia is, you know, known for things like gay rights. You know, you can't be gay in Saudi Arabia. Women's rights are poor in Saudi Arabia. You know, recently they've just been allowed to drive as well, you know, so... Don't know if that was such a bad rule, but it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> I just do things to get a few complaints in. But, you know, ultimately, you know, this is what's happened right now. So uh, Phil Mickelson came out and did a big speech a couple of months ago, how he would never be involved in something like this. You know, he talked about how, you know, he's the, took the moral high ground on this, spoke against the PGA but $250 million sign-up fee, suddenly models are out the windows, guys. You know, don't blame him at all. He's 51 years old. He's going to get a load of cash for doing this. Came out, he's got a bit of a gambling problem as well, apparently. So he's gambled somewhere between, you know, six to $700 million, according to people on Twitter, which is quite a bad gambling problem. If you're back home, you've got a gambling problem. Phil Mickelson's wife is better get back to the Saudi Golf League. <laughs> you know, you've wow. spent all the cash, basically seven hundred million. A gambling problem, bit of a high one. So, what are your thoughts on this, anyway, guys? You know, um, you know, I'm looking at it. It's, uh, I guess, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking at the same article right now. The PGA Tour is suspending all players in the Golf League. Um, you know, it, it seems to be. I mean, this is pretty political because it's like, you know, like everybody, you know, they want to say things that about, you know, I think I think Saudi Arabia has had a lot of trouble with, you know, funding certain endeavors, you know, because people just stop, you know, I've even seen like startups or whatever, catch some flack for it. But, you know, I personally, I. I think that your it, gas in the gas station, Saudi Arabia, Biden's Biden's going over there cap in hand in about three weeks time asking <laughs> for some more yeah. oil, but we're not, we're not politically washing off. Please give us some more oil. We're not yeah. letting oil. We've got to be greenwashing <laughs> back here, but we'll go cap in hand to borrow some more or buy yeah, some more I, oil from Saudi Arabia. I, I think know? it's very politically charged when I look, when I look at all this. So. Yeah, I was just going to say that too. Uh, yeah, it's it's just really politically charged um, banning. Uh, I mean, like you said, Alistair, I, I can you know see in you know it's making money, right? And then you know, but banning them, it's it's on both sides. It's politically charged. One side, you know, one up the other, and 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 so yeah, that's that's about what I I, I say to oh, it. If you think of the Premier League soccer or football that we call in the UK, you know, it's like, well, there was Abramovich, you know, Russian oil dark, you know, ran Chelsea Football Club. We've got another Mm -hmm. one that owns newspapers, you know, that bought into Arsenal. You've got Manchester City. The money's coming from uh, UAE. And then the same fund have bought into Newcastle United Football Club, you know, so soccer club there as well. So, 
it seems to be for that sport, you know, and then I know some of the players have been put on the spot by, you know, not probably not the normal reporters they get <laughs> asking them questions. Yeah. It's the one when they say, well, I just want a little bit of change and all that, it's, but yeah. I'll take the 115 million <laughs> sign up fee. But yeah. you can't blame yeah. as well. You know, they've got a short career, like all sports people, you know, why would they not want to take as much money as possible? Especially yeah. some of the ones who are coming to the end of their career where they're not making cuts, they're struggling to keep their tour card. Next thing you know, you've got $25 million upfront fee to join this league mm -hmm. where you're guaranteed a minimum of 120,000 every week. It's yeah. like, why would you not do this? You know? And it's just, uh, and then it comes to the bigger picture is yeah. yeah, it's okay to bash, you know, Phil Mickelson, you know, he's out there for taking his $250 million, but uh, on the flip side, you know, we're out to Saudi Arabia to access, uh, you know, essentially, you know, more oil to try and push down our gas prices. You know, for people to understand, I think 11% of gas and oil or 11% of oil coming into America yeah. is from Saudi Arabia right now. So essentially a tenth of everything you fill up the pump, depending on where yeah. you are, is from Saudi Arabia, you know. So, so we need to understand that as well. So if they want to invest money into a golf league that makes a third tour, then, you know, it'll be interesting. So... But then I was doing some research, so I was having to see um, who else they're trying to do. Tiger Tiger Woods was apparently offered nine hundred million to join. You know, now that wow. is nine hundred wow. million, nearly a billion dollars. Nine hundred, wow. and he turned it down. That shows you how much money Tiger Woods has got. <laughs> yeah, he got yeah. <laughs> I'll play six. You might you might just be waiting out though. I'll wait a couple <laughs> of weeks and then if you give me one point five billion, I'm in. You know. <laughs> so we'll wait and see. And then they're coming over. Most of the game uh, tournaments are going to be in America as well. So I think of the yeah. eight tournaments, there is five of them in America, you know. And um, I heard they're putting some extra money for our next uh, person coming up there to see if he can join the tour, you know. There he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old Trump himself, it you know. Like, I mean? It seems like the PGA just doesn't like it because it's, it's like a – competing it's almost like it's yeah. competing and it's you know they're it's offering a lot of money and you know they're able to put so much money into it so mm -hmm. but you're right i mean i go to fox news it's on the front page of that so yeah it, it's massive everywhere yeah. and then the final tournament's actually at trump's course you know so he's managed he's got a lot of golf courses for people to understand yeah. so it's yeah. not like he's got one or two that he's coming in there you know yeah, he has a big one in Ireland. I don't know, a few of them, yeah. So that's incredible amount of money, you know? So um, so when he donated his 400,000 charity, you know, uh, wages to charity, but then he's playing golf three times a week. <laughs> uh, he sort of quids in yeah. from that one as well. But you can't blame him. You know, all the other presidents played a lot of golf. The difference is that he's yeah, going in the golf course, you know? So it's not just there as well. And then, you know, maybe the next slide is where we're going with golf, everybody. Look, this is out in Iran right now. <laughs> You've got the full full yeah. here and stuff like that as well. He's actually wearing proper golf shoes and he's got a glove on and he looks like he actually knows what he's doing, you know. So, you know, the game of golf is growing. So I think from, you know, the it manufacturers is. of Ping and TaylorMade and these types of guys out there, 
you know, you'll be happy with this because, you know, we'll just it'll push the game forward. It's making it more interesting. Whether you like it or not, you know, these things happen. And, uh, yeah. you know, whether it'll work or not, we'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these guys seem to have a bottomless pit of money. And they're already pulling in big stars already. Yeah. So, you know, right. why would they not do that? And, you know, it's they can call everything. We were talking about yeah. greenwashing. We were talking about sports washing. You know, ESG, is that actually mm-hmm. greenwashing? It's just like, you know, it just depends on what companies are wanting to do and what people yeah. are looking to, to say and the messaging people are looking to push out there. And it's just to look favorable, you know, to the general public. So, you know, ultimately, uh, I'll watch a little bit of the, the Saudi Golf League rather than the Canadian Open this week, you know. But next week, it's back to the US Open. And, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see how the whole thing uh, goes from there. So uh, that was uh, just to cover that top of the day. So so thanks very much, then. appreciate you coming on the, the show you. today, Daniel. Really you know, thank it. you. That's thank you, Gary and Alison. Much appreciated. Yeah, perfect. And then let's have a look. We've got one last comment coming in. Oh. It's it's we're better like you know, Mila. She can she can close oh. out uh, the 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 show today. Thank yes. you for this opportunity for health blockchain security Thank services, you. Mila. Thank no, I appreciate you. you coming on. We could get you on the show next time as well, Mila. Absolutely, and, yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be good. And as the project develops as well, Daniel, we'll get you back in, speak about it. As you bring on clients, maybe yep. even give a demo of what it is because I think a, Abs- a lot of people absolutely. are interested. And we could do a share screen because when we shared the screen with Garrett's project that, you know, that's got a lot of views as well on uh, uh, YouTube and stuff. So, well, thanks very much for everyone tuning in today. You've been watching Boom It's on the Blockchain. My name is Alistair Caithness. Have a nice day. Bye, everyone.